Hey guys, my name is Andrew Miller and welcome in to episode three of the Orange and Black podcast. In this episode, we'll break down Campbell Baseball's Big South regular season title, preview the conference tournament, and look back on Campbell Saltball's great season. All that and more on this edition of the Orange and Black podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle. All right, everyone, before we get started, be sure to subscribe to Orange and Black to get news updates, stories, and behind-the-scenes intel surrounding Campbell Athletics. You can sign up for free or log into a paid subscription to get exclusive access to the Orange and Black Discord channel, where we discuss Campbell Athletics every day and share behind-the-scenes info. Dylan, we are back. Campbell Baseball is the Big South regular season champion for the fifth time in a row. How are you feeling today? Uh, does anybody have an extra heart? Um, I might need one. Uh, I think we all need an extra heart after, uh, this, uh, up and down weekend. Uh, but, uh, glad to be sitting here with you and saying, uh, big South regular season champions. Yeah, they definitely, uh, drug it out as long as possible, but they were able to get the job done on Sunday. Dylan, as we kick off episode three, going forward for every episode, we're going to name, uh, the corresponding number of a Campbell legend. So for episode three, Cam Dylan, who is your all-time number three in Campbell athletics history? Uh, I think the first one that comes to mind is uh, probably when we uh, we shared a couple of classes with and uh, had some great times at Gore Arena. But uh, Chris Clemens, uh, I have to put that up there. But uh, I'll probably get uh scolded with somebody from uh the 1960s and 70s that we've haven't done our research on that uh we will somebody will reach out to us but i, I had to say chris clemens um all that he did for campbell and um I, I think the the four years we were we were at campbell i, I mean chris clemens you wanted to go to gorena and it was for chris clemens um and i he, one of the best basketball players uh Campbell history. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of a slam dunk there, no pun intended. But yeah, Chris, obviously the all-time leading scorer in the Big South, the number four all-time leading scorer in NCAA men's basketball history this past year. He was passed by the Detroit Mercy player um, who had a great season and Tuan Davis. Um, he ended up finishing out with 3,664 points. And then Chris ended his college career with 3,225 points. So anytime Chris took the floor, I always remember, you know, you would look up with maybe like eight minutes to go and he would only have like 12 points. And then you look up at the end of the game and 28 points or something crazy like that. Obviously that huge 51 point performance against UNC Asheville in the big South I tournament that kind of really brought him on to the national level. Um, obviously, it felt like his senior season every other week he hit a buzzer beater. So he, Scott Van Pelt was talking about him. It seemed like all the time on uh, his favorite thing he saw today, but obviously Chris, a great guy. Um, I spent a lot of time with him as a manager for the basketball team and, you know, just a normal kind of laid back guy, but uh, got his work done and uh, 
could really just get a bucket whenever he wanted to. Obviously had that stint uh, in the NBA and then got hurt, and now he's playing overseas, making some money for himself. So as we move into the rest of the episode, we'll start out with baseball. As we mentioned before, Campbell Baseball won their fifth straight Big South regular season title. It was kind of... uh could have been a little bit easier, but they got the job done on Sunday. That's it's all I can really say about <laughs> that. But uh, Campbell went into the weekend only needing to win one out of the three games to claim the Big South regular season title. We'll dive into each game later on, but they dropped uh, the first game on Thursday, then an extra innings on Friday, and then on Saturday in 12 innings, they were able to grab the 12-9 to win over USC Upstate. Again, that's their fifth straight regular season title. They finished the regular season 41 and 13, 22 and 5 in the Big South for just, and that makes just the third time in program history they've reached 40 wins. And as we've touched on in the past, you know, this seems like it could be one of the best Campbell teams that we've seen. Obviously, a lot of that success has come during our time in school and post graduation and all under the leadership of head coach Justin Hare. Um, the five straight regular season titles, that makes it the third longest regular season title streak in Big South history uh, behind Coastal Carolina. They won seven times in a row as well as six times in a row. And, you know, for Campbell, all of their Big South titles, regular season titles have come in this stretch under head coach Justin Hare before they leave for the CAA. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on the end of the regular season, the regular season as a whole, and moving forward? Yeah, like you said, it, it'll go down it's probably, I mean, we'll probably have debates on if this is probably the the best team that's ever um, stepped onto the diamond. Um, I, probably last year's team is going to have something to say about that, and any of those teams that won a big South title will definitely have something to say about that, uh, but uh, this team was fun to watch. Um, I mean, sweeping ECU in a season series um, was probably the highlight of the year. Um, first time in school history that's ever been done. Um, and it, it's just fun that we can, uh, we can go up against these big teams. And, um, and I, I feel like that we have an actual chance um, in the past. We probably couldn't have said that if we stepped on the diamond against UNC or Duke. Um, but it, it's fun to kind of dream about this team. And um, we probably had plenty of talks on the discord chat about months, uh, everybody to kind of dream where this team would go. Um, I mean, they definitely made it throw for the dramatics uh, this weekend. Only need one win and taking it all the way to the last game and all the way to extras to make it happen. But it uh, doesn't matter about the finish. We won't talk about that. Uh, it's a matter about the regular season title and taking that number one seed um, into high point uh, next week is going to be fun. Um, see one, one of the four teams that will uh, – make it out of this and uh, we'll see where we land on selection Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And Campbell with those 41 wins thus far, you guaranteed um, at this point in the season to have four more games, at least with two in the big South title, hopefully, or big South tournament. Hopefully they're playing more than 
uh well i guess it is three games guaranteed um even if they they lose so but you would hope that they would get win just three straight games in the big south tournament um get three more wins and then you're guaranteed um you know some more games in the in the regional appearance but hopefully uh, the big the record for Campbell in a single season is 49 wins which interestingly enough that was in 2013 they went 49 and 10 in the regular season and missed the tournament so think about how far Campbell has come I mean they went from obviously winning 49 games in a season is crazy but how do you win 49 games and not make the tournament well now you see Campbell with the 41 wins on the season, but they're in the top 23-ish RPI range. This morning I checked, and it was around uh, 22, I believe. So it seems to be where Campbell's going to settle in. Um, not going to be a lot of movement right now on D1 baseball. They're ranked uh, 21 in the RPI. Uh, the good thing, going into the Big South Tournament RPI-wise, and we had a question uh, coming on Twitter about what is our – overall thoughts on it says what's our best case and best case and worst case scenarios for both regional and RPI wise. So I think Campbell pretty much at this point is locked into a two seed in the regional, unless they just lay an egg in the big South tournament RPI wise. They are like I mentioned, right around that 21 mark. The good thing is going into the big South tournament as bad as losing those two games to USC upstate over the weekend. It, solidified USC upstate as a quad two team. They're checking in at number 87 now. So that's good for the resume. You would think depending on how the tournament plays out that Campbell and USC upstate would probably meet again in the tournament in the championship game. Hopefully that's a opportunity where Campbell has won their first two games and then they would have to lose twice to USC upstate. And then as you move down the line, you have Gardner Webb as the four seed in the tournament. They are 146 in RPI, so that's a, still a quad three. And then Winthrop is right on the edge of that quad three ledger at 153. So you would think if Winthrop could get a win over USC Upstate in the first game, that they would be able to bump up as well. So RPI-wise, as brutal as the Big South has been this year to the Camels in the RPI, uh, you have all the teams that are in there, obviously Campbell in the top, uh, 25 and then you have USC upstate in the top 100 and then another borderline um, quad two team or quad three team. So not that bad. Dylan, your thoughts on the RPI moving forward and where you can see the camels um, in the NCAA regionals. Yeah, I think we'll stay right around there. Um, even I think the worst case scenario, like you said, if we just lay an egg in the big South tournament, um, that RPI could drop. Um, I don't think we're going to move up anywhere unless when the kind of the top teams like an sec team kind of lays an egg in their tournament um i'm pretty sure we're not we're kind of locked into that 20 to 23 range in terms of rpi um i could say that now but that ends up changing once these tournaments happen and um like you get into an sec tournament where they're kind of the top 15 is going to end up facing each other multiple times in, in, in an SEC tournament, or they might slip up. Um, so I, I think we're kind of set where we're at um, regional wise. It, it, 
we lay a bit, an egg in the Big South tournament, that kind of gets you into that lower two into three territory where we're talking about <laughs> we're making a trip to uh, what's the Salem, which we're hope not. Uh, I think if we just do our job, um, it's going to be interesting in terms of who's who's going to be that 13, 12 to 16 seed. Um, I mean, we're looking at South, I think anywhere from South Carolina to Yukon to coastal. Um, I think we were projected last week at Clemson, but I think Clemson just, they swept UNC this weekend. So they're going to end up rising. So I think that's uh, the equation. Um, I hope because <laughs> they're a pretty good team, but I think it's going to be that South Carolina, Yukon, West Virginia range where we're possibly, possibly going to be in a regional where we're to have us, the host and a really good three seed. Yeah. You look at Campbell and the one thing that's really going to matter and can get a little crazy in these, in this last weekend, as you head into conference play is Campbell has played a lot of good teams on the year and especially teams, you know, like in the Sun Belt, you look at app state and Louisiana and coastal coastal, obviously won the, Sunbelt there, but you get a few big wins there from those teams and it can move you up a couple spots and how the committee works. You know, they really like those metrics and the, especially your strength of schedule and then your RPI. And so that can make a difference down the line. Obviously we think Campbell after their showing this past weekend is out of the host conversation, but you do want to stay out of the that national seed territory where you're traveling to one of the top eight teams in the country. And a team that you mentioned that you would really want to avoid right now seems to be Clemson, who is possibly the hottest team in the country. And Eric Backage coming down from Michigan in his first season, they started out kind of slow, but now they're rolling and they've ended the regular season on a tear as they head to Durham for the ACC tournament there that starts this week um as i talked about a little bit we'll see look at campbell's schedule and who they played uh throughout the season so campbell closes out the regular season with a three-game sweep over the american conference champ in east carolina who had a good weekend where they swept usf uh they entered the weekend a half game back from houston houston dropped their first game on to open the weekend on Thursday night, which gave ECU the the half a game edge. And then all ECU had to do was basically went out and they won the regular season title. So that makes it Campbell five and oh on the season against teams from the American. You have the sweep against East Carolina. And then during Campbell's road trip down to Louisiana, where they defeated Tulane twice. Then you move over to the Colonial where Campbell will be the newcomer next year. Uh, Campbell had the season sweep over the colonial champ in UNCW, winning a close one in Wilmington uh, for the first matchup of the season. And then obviously a couple weeks ago when UNCW returned the trip back to Bowie's Creek and Campbell unloaded uh, their bats in that game. So overall, Campbell finishes three and two against uh, teams in their future conference with the two wins against UNCW. Uh, they split with Elon. And 
dropped a midweek game to William and Mary, which that William and Mary game was really the first time this season where you were starting to think like, what's going on uh, with this team at some points during the midweek and then kind of up and down throughout the rest of the midweeks throughout the season. But obviously Campbell did pretty well um, as you can see in their RPI for the Sunbelt Campbell played uh, finished with a five and three record against Sunbelt teams going two and one against down at Louisiana and uh, two and oh against App State. And then obviously Coastal was able to beat them, um, two games out of three as a part of that season series. And that, that you look back on that series and, you know, we're out of the hosting talk now, but if Campbell was able to secure one of those wins, um, one of those three, one more win out of that three game series, that would have been huge, but it is what it is. Um, rounding out that schedule, uh, overlook Campbell finishes two and one against the Big Ten with that weekend, with this season opening, uh, win over Rutgers and then three and zero against the Big East against a Butler team that is quite frankly just not very good this year. Uh, Dylan, your overall thoughts on the, you know, are, I mean, that's two, uh, series wins over other conference champs and then a win over Coastal, who won the Sun Belt and is, you know, one of the best teams in the country this year. Yeah, I was going to say that Rutgers, uh, I mean, taking the season, uh, t- taking the uh, series uh, against Rutgers, that's a great start. Um, Rutgers was kind of that fringe uh, tournament. I think they, if you ask anybody, they were robbed of the NCAA tournament last year. So I consider they're an NCAA tournament last year team. Uh, this year, they'll probably do the same thing, sneak into the NCAA tournament with that kind of the Big Ten being what it is. Um, series, uh, the season sweep of East Carolina, always great. Um, and then going down to Louisiana, taking two out of three. All overs are really nice, and then kind of do what we did against the Sun Belt, um, and then um, kind of what we did in the Big South, um, minus what we did towards the end. Um, Big South gave it a good fight, but uh, we kind of did what we did and um, ended up kind of <laughs> sending the Big South packing, hopefully kind of ending that in that series uh, next week, uh, just kind of looking to 22 and five in conference 24 home, 29 away. Um, always good, um, to see, see those numbers and to get to 40, 41 wins is always great before you even start, um, conference tournament and, and regionals. Hopefully we can add on to that. I don't think we'll get to the 49. Um, but I, I think we'll get up there and, um, but yeah, overall great season, great schedule. Um, can't wait to when we move over to the CAA and uh, see exactly how that schedule um, shakes out. Yeah, Campbell technically could get to the forty-nine win mark if they won all three games in the Big South tournament and then win those five games to make it to Omaha, like like we talked about. I, last it week. could ha- it could happen. I mean, you, this is I think you talk to every single podcast or or anybody the dark horse team is campbell still um and i mean they'll probably stick on that um put that stake on the ground in terms of this is being a dark horse team and i think if if we get to that territory where we're getting into a, a no offense to yukon or a west virginia where i mean 
that's not easy for them to have us and maybe in Alabama or or a big three seed where I mean they're they could be struggling to get out of their own out of their own um regional. I mean you kinda of saw it last year with uh Tennessee as well. They they struggled to even get out of their regional. So I mean I, I think when we get to NCAA tournament time, you never know um how this is going to uh shake out in terms of hosts and even their own getting the host getting out of their own regional. I think this year we'll see a lot of shake up in terms of um who's going to get out of their regional. Cause I think this year college baseball has more depth in terms of really good teams and teams that are going to shock some people when it gets to regional time. Yeah. Especially at the bottom half of the national seeds, you look at any uh, projection for the NCAA tournament and there's a lot of different findings there. You have D one baseball, which, which a lot of people follow. And then, you know, you see maybe five different projections a week from various outlets, and there's a lot of, not a lot of, uh, agreeance there in those final, especially in the final 14, 15, 16 seeds there, just because there is a lot of teams that are really good and can be in those spots. So there's a lot of parity that can happen there. And then, you know, anybody can beat anybody. And that's what it comes down to these final weeks of the season as you get into postseason play is you just have to win and a lot of these tournaments especially for Campbell moving forward it's the big south is double elimination and then the NCAA regionals obviously is going to be double elimination as well so you just have to find a way to bounce back and win some of those games and that's I mean that's what matters at the end of the season so Looking at, we'll wrap up the RPI talk here in a second, but just outside of the top 50, which is a major metric that helps boost your RPI numbers. You have UNCW who won the Colonial. They're at 57. They head into the CAA tournament as the one seed. Elon, just two spots behind them at 15. Campbell has a win over them this season as well. They're at 59. And then you have Rutgers at 61. They enter the Big 12, or sorry, the Big 10 tournament as the five seed, and they're at 61. So a lot of places for people to move up. And then a little bit farther down, you have uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who's at number 66, and they are the four seed in the Sun Belt Regional or the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. So you see any a number any number of those teams go on runs in their conference tournament, especially against higher um RPI teams, maybe they can make a push and jump into the top 50. And that would be another metric that would help Campbell jump up a little bit as well as just handling business on their own. So let's jump into the big South conference tournament. As we mentioned, Campbell enters as the one seed USC upstate who fell to Campbell over the weekend on Saturday, they will be the two seed Winthrop, the three and Gardner Webb the four. Campbell will open up the tournament against Gardner-Webb on Thursday. If they win, then they will play again. Either way, they'll play again on Friday. But for Game 3, which is the first game on Friday, that's the loser of Game 1, the loser of Game 2. So obviously the two losers from the first two games they'll play, and the loser of that game will be sent packing. If Campbell was to win the first game against Gardner-Webb, they'll play at 3 o'clock on Friday, and then they would play the winner of Game 2. And then it kind of goes on from there, double elimination format. 
Who is your, uh, obviously, USC Upstate might be the answer here, but who are you most worried about in this conference tournament? And we can touch on Campbell's outlook versus Gardner-Webb as well. Campbell went 2-1 and one on the season this year against Gardner-Webb. Uh, I'm actually going to go different. Um, Winthrop, the Eagles are flying high. Um, they had the thrill for the dramatics to get, to get into this tournament this weekend. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to change it up and say Winthrop, uh, Winthrop, obviously when you get into these tournament times, you want to be flying high and you want to be on a hot streak. Um, and they're on a hot streak. So that means they're going to be dangerous. Uh, they were projected to finish ninth this year, which is uncharacteristic for a Winthrop team. Um, and they finished third. So um, that South down in uh, Rock Hill knows how to get it done. They got it done this weekend against uh, Longwood. Um, yeah, Thrill of Dramatics. Um, it was kind of a win and their, their season is kind of done and they got it done this weekend being the three seed. So um, upstate, I am afraid of, of how this weekend went. Um, but, uh, I have to say went up. Yeah. And that's something that you see as you move toward end of the regular season and into postseason play is it's about the team that is the hottest and Winthrop. A lot of times, whenever you're fighting for your life, you saw Winthrop and Gardner Webb both in that position, Campbell and upstate lock themselves into the Big South tournament, no matter what, heading into the weekend. And then there was a whole uh, just jam of teams fighting for those final two spots, and Winthrop and Garner-Webb came out on top. It even came down um, to the second to last day to figure out um, who was going to be in, and then it even came down to the final day of who beat who to see who was going to be the three seed and who was going to be the four seed. So as you mentioned, Winthrop is playing well. And they're hot. So that's the situation where maybe Winthrop beats upstate. Um, obviously we're looking at Campbell, hopefully to win game one. And then, you know, any one of these teams, I mean, Campbell, Campbell can compete with obviously, but you just have to play the game and see how it plays out. So how, how it rolls is if Campbell was to win their first two games, they will go into the Saturday championship game, which is at 12 o'clock and that's on ESPNU. If Campbell was to win their first two games, they would have to lose twice on Saturday, which we've seen a couple times for Campbell in the past. That, um, and we've seen where Campbell's lost early and had to fight their way back through. So, and that's something this year we've seen this team win some close games, which we talked about last time is it sometimes is stressful, but it can be uh, beneficial come the end of the year whenever you're in game four of a big South tournament or in the final game of a regional where a, you just need somebody to go out there, give you some innings on the mound, somebody that might not normally do it. And that's something that happened this weekend for Campbell against USC upstate as they had the game on Wednesday against ECU, which obviously was a thriller uh, 13 to 12 win for Campbell. You're throwing all of your arms in that game. That's a big game for both teams, RPI wise. So you put a lot on the line and then you turn around, start on Thursday. So you go from Tuesday to Thursday and you know, the arms got a little, um, thin over the weekend. You had Cade back, which was good, but 
We knew going into the weekend that after missing three weeks, he probably wasn't going to go too long. Uh, Cade had, did have a pitch count. I think it was around 75 or 80 and he was right under that mark. I believe it was 70 and he ended up finishing with 67 pitches. So you hope as you move into postseason play that Cade will get more in a groove and he can go longer. But even throughout the season, we haven't seen him go too deep in the games, but that's because we've been able to pitch Cade for five or six and then you bring in Rund or Cummings and shut, shut it down. But you saw over the weekend where some games can get a little dicey. You know, you don't have five shutout or five one run, you know, a five inning one run outing for Cade or Chance. And then you have to piece it together with your bullpen. And like last episode, when we talked about somebody asked, how many arms do we have that we can throw out there in a regional? I think you saw that this weekend of who that can be. And it's not always going to be pretty. I mean, if you have, eight guys who can go out there and throw scoreless innings of baseball every single time, then we're probably having a totally different conversation about what this team can do. But anyway, good for Campbell. They can uh, win yet another Big South title and leave the Big South on a high note, just as we saw softball did a week ago. So Dylan, let's dive into the week. Uh, Campbell started out uh, with a huge win on the road against ECU. At that point, everyone was high as all, as we could be um, and excited. And then it took a quick turn in the first two games over the weekend, but Campbell was able to prevail and win the final game of the series and claim the Big South title. Dylan, your overall thoughts on the week, and then we'll dive into each game. Yeah, um, I, I think the amount of times I would need open heart surgery after this this week. I think it started on started on Tuesday um, versus ECU back and forth game. Um, I think it had to end that way. Um, it, I mean we we were up big and then ECU made it made a comeback and made it interesting. We just kind of shut the door uh, in the jungle. So. Uh, Andrew, I know you were, uh, amongst the people in the jungle. Uh, so I was, we had some other people in the jungle. So, um, that was, it, it had to end that way for this year, kind of back and forth. Um, glad we were able to take that season series. Um, it's big. ECU always could be ranked. Um, that they're going to be locked into a number two seed this year. Um, going somewhere, but, uh, always big to, get three big wins against them and first time in school history do a season a season sweep of uh of east carolina so um yeah and then just kind of moving on to to thursday and friday um i, I think we all were were shocked that it even got to uh saturday we i think we were ca- crossing every finger and toe in our body hoping that uh we didn't <laughs> we didn't lose a big South title, even though we just needed one game. But, uh, uh, I think like I told you guys, uh, when we wear orange, we win titles. Um, and we decided to wear orange on Saturday and we won a title. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, good series of state always good. Um, I think we underestimated them just a little bit. Um, and they kind of showed that, uh, you're not going to get, get this, uh, last, uh, regular season title uh easily um they gave us good fight last game 
unbelievable throw for the dramatics went into extras uh had to get a shout a shout out to uh cam o'brien innings eater um that was huge uh chance didn't go that far so we had to kind of at that point it was kind of whoever was in the bullpen had an arm and threw a ball across the plate you got called called up in the game so um and then Cam O'Brien just eating four crucial innings, uh, four innings, two hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Um, that's huge. Um, shout out to Jackson, Jackson Roberts, who, um, three big, big innings for him, only gave up one run. Um, and then Ty Cummings came in, saved the day, shut it down for a, uh, regular season title. Um, but yeah, shout out to, uh, Upstate, they came. They came to play and uh, caught us off guard, and um, didn't make it easy. And I think that's what this team needed. Yeah, some big work out of the bullpen this week for a pair of arms for Campbell. Obviously, we know Aaron Ryan, Cade Box, Rucker, Ty Cummings are, are big, but in two of the games this week, you saw where Jackson Roberts, who's just a freshman, has come in and been solid. We saw it earlier in the year uh, where he was great against teams like Elon. And then he took, he kind of disappeared for a little bit, but this week he is back and I mean, some valuable innings. I mean, you take a look at the ECU game, which was back and forth, back and forth. And Jackson Roberts comes in at the end to get the win going 1.1 innings, allowed just one hit, uh, one walk, and no runs. It got a little dicey at the end, but, you know, everyone's, you know, Ty was sitting in the bullpen warming up, and I think everyone was looking over there waiting for him to make the trot out from uh, to the mound, but uh, Coach Hare and his staff left left Roberts in, and he was able to get that fly out in the game, and which was huge. And then, as you mentioned, against Upstate, um, he was able to come in and give you 3.1 innings, allowed just one run on one hit. He did walk three, but he struck out two. So in a game that's back and forth, your final game of the week after, you know, a short stint, short break in between games, your midweek and your weekend series, like we talked about, he comes in and gives you three huge innings, followed by Cameron O'Brien, like you mentioned, who went four innings. No runs on just two hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. And then Ty comes in and gets a save on Saturday. Let's talk about that ECU game. I was there. The jungle is an interesting place. The people in the left field jungle, which you see on Twitter, they have their Twitter page. I think they are very educated individuals about the game of baseball, about East Carolina baseball, and baseball as a whole. Where I found myself, because I met one of my friends before the game to go get some food, and we got there right around first pitch, but it was already pretty packed. The environment was great. It was pretty full full stadium. Uh, The left field side, like I talked about, it was packed, so we made our way over right to the left of the scoreboard if you're looking from the press box. The people over there did not even know ECU's record. We asked them probably 25 times throughout the game who their pitcher was on the mound, and they had no clue. I genuinely knew 
50 times more about UC baseball than they did. And the entire game, all they did was pick on me because I look like a character from a movie, apparently. But anyway, they were they were very sad, though, whenever Jared Belvin came up and just blasted two home runs in the first inning. There were some angry people at us in the outfield. Shout out to Jared Belvin, like Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. What what a guy. Like I, I just have to say what a guy. Like to go into the jungle and like Garrett Saylor is not a bad pitcher. He I think he started I have to go back and look, but I think he started in their weekend rotation. Um and they've done a lot of shake up in that weekend rotation. But uh he's no slouch when it turns of uh pitchers and to hit two absolute bombs. Like I I think there was one home run later on. I I can't remember from who that kind of cleared right field, like barely cleared. Um, I think for a split second, I thought it was caught, uh, but it went over. But Jaron Belbin, no doubter home runs. One went over your head over there in the uh, left field jungle. So shout out to shout out to him. Yeah. After he hit his first home run, obviously that was in the first inning. So I was excited. I was banging on the wall out there. There were some people that, that were getting a little irritated, but then after he did it the second time, I just turned around and I said, Hey guys, he hit two home runs and two at bats. Like you can't, can't be mad at anyone for cheering about that. Obviously Campbell took a big, jumped out to a big lead in that game. Uh, it seemed like they had it in control. And then they kind of inched back. And that's the thing. Kudos to ECU and their environment they have over there. You give them a little bit of hope and they get back into it very quickly. And they were able to come back. Uh, it looked very bleak in the eighth inning when ECU took that uh, two-run lead. And then Campbell was able to come back in the top of the ninth and put up three and... I mean, that's the no quit in this team, especially when you're playing at a place like East Carolina where that place was loud after ECU took the lead and it, it was, it wasn't looking great. But then in the ninth, you had Grant Nip who just scorched the center fielder. I was standing right there and I mean, I don't even think he really misplayed it. He just hit it over his head and he couldn't do anything about it. And then that scored Peyton Howard. Then later you had Max Weller who doubled down the right field line, who also yesterday went four for four and drove in the final two runs for Campbell. Uh, but he doubled down the right field line, scoring nip after he doubled. And then Bryce Arnold was able to ground out the shortstop, um, for an RBI. Campbell still had the bases loaded there. It could, they could have scored a little bit more. Um, but they were only able to take the one run lead. And then, you know, Roberts trotted back out there and, Shut it down. I believe uh, ECU got the winning run to third base, but just able to to lock it down. Dylan, your overall thoughts on Tuesday's big game and just what besides Belvin just opening the game up with a bang? What did you see um, from that game on Tuesday? Uh, shout out to the jungle. Um, <laughs> the, no offense to the jungle. Uh, they're great people. Uh, I'm. I'm in communications with some, like a lot of the EC fans. I respect the heck out of them. Um, some of them, others, not so much. Um, but um, a lot of them, I respect. Um, they knew coming in, this was a make a break series for the, or make a break game for them. 
Um, and we kind of told ourselves this is a make or break game for us. Um, we needed this uh, really, really bad in terms of RPI and just kind of boosting that RPI. This is probably the uh, kind of not foreshadowing into the weekend, but this was a big RPI chance for us, kind of the last one towards the end of the year. Um, and you you saw it. Um, both teams um, treated it as like their their big conference champion and or championship, and you kind of saw it. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, Jared Belbin. Um, I think for me, um, if I had an opinion on it, I think Jake Murray got pulled a little too quickly for my liking. He was kind of he was dealing. I thought he was dealing. Um, he got into some sticky situations, but he was able to get out of it. Um, I mean, I'm looking at right, right now. Uh, he only had 27 pitches in two innings. I thought he was dealing. Uh, I thought you could have sent him out there. Uh, but I, I am the fan and not the, not the, uh, not the coaches. Um, but they went to K box record box Rucker's always been, uh, that guy. And then, um, kind of Aaron run. I, I to be honest, I turned the TV off. I think we were up 11 to five, 11 to nine, somewhere around there. And I was like, all right, this is game over. We're good. We're to win this game. Um, and then, um, all my friends and family kept on blowing me up saying that, we it is eleven eleven, and so I turned the TV back on. Um, so yeah, um, and they made a game. So, um, but yeah, run and run. <laughs> I, I don't know if he uh, didn't put the boost in the hair or whatever. The hair didn't. The hair powers were not working that night, um, which is fine. I mean, he's one of those guys that this is not gonna. This is not going to do anything to him. He's going to shake it off. Um, I mean, he's he's pitched five innings and given up more than that. Come back and um, been that lights out guy. So um, not worry about that. And uh, but yeah, Jackson Roberts coming in, shutting down the door. Um, ECU side, like I said, Garrett Saylor, um, not a guy that we we want to mess with. I I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd definitely have to look back They were, He was in that weekend rotation and the, they, that big shift, uh, turned into a midweek guy. Um, and then, uh, Lunsford Shankman, one of their good relievers. Um, and then they kind of turned it into, uh, whoever they could find out of the bullpen. And then they put in Carter Spivey. Like, I think, like we said last time, um, Carter Spivey has been that rock for ECU. Um, last couple of years, he's, he's gone to the bullpen was one of their great starters. I kind of put him alongside Carson Wisenhunt and, and Gavin Williams in terms of that big three pitchers that came in all around the, the same time or year after year. Um, and, uh, we were able to get to him, which, uh, I would have to say we got to throughout the whole year, we got to each of East Carolina's best three pitchers um, with no problem. So that that's, uh, that's good. But yeah. Um, and can't forget Lawson Harrell doing Lawson Harrell things and just hitting home runs for a living. Um, and then Max Weller. Um, I think me and you agree. Max Weller has kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, I know he didn't start the season, Um was not part of the starting starting guys has come on and just done amazing things. So, um, but yeah, shout out to Max Weller, two big hits, 
Um, and then Jared Belbin hitting those absolute moonshots. Yeah, and Belbin almost uh, sent another one out towards the end of the game. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember we looked at each other. And we were like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, touching back on Rund, and, you know, he gave up eight runs, which is very uncharacteristic. But in that span, you had those that one play at second where Nip, it seemed like he clearly threw the guy out, and they called him safe, and then they reviewed it. And we pulled it up on our phones, and uh, Matt, the friend I was with, he was on the phone with somebody who was watching on TV, and we all agreed that he was out because – he was safe initially, but then he slid through and like lifted his hand off the bag and he still had the tag on it. But I don't know if they cut the replay short or whatever. Yeah, then- no, they did the same thing on TV. I think we were on the group chat. Like he, he's clearly out. He's clearly out. Um, and, and, um, now it's on ESPN. Uh, shout out to Jay Sunholter. Uh, I know it had to be hard for him because he does love the Campbell football and, um, used to do baseball, but he, he's, um, he shifted a lot towards EC baseball, so it had to be had to be hard for him. But they were discussing too, and um, they thought he was out um, as well. So it kind of we all thought he was out. They reviewed it, called him safe. Again, a little shoddy uh, umpiring here for this game as well. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think umpires across the board in college baseball this year have just been suspect. And this both ways. I mean, it, especially behind the plate. I mean, you just don't know, um, what's the ball and what's the strike. But anyway, Campbell ends up winning, touching on their bullpen, as you mentioned. You look at who they threw out there and you had some conversation with some ECU fans earlier in the season talking about Campbell threw their best, yada, yada, yada. Well, ECU starts with Garrett Saylor. He goes 3.1 innings. He gives up four runs, including two of those bombs to Gerald Belbin. Belbin. You probably weren't going to see Jake Hunter again starting because he started the first two games against Campbell, I believe. But you had Garrett Saylor, then you had Danny Bill, Wyatt Luntzman-Chinkman. Then I never really heard of Landon again. Jake Hunter, who started against us previously and has come out of the pen. Tyler Brott who has been great for them. Eric Ritchie, who has been good. And then, as you mentioned, Carter Spivey is great. I listened to the Hoist the Colors podcast does a baseball um, podcast every Monday. And so after we won, on the way home, I listened to that. Um, and literally in, the, in that preview, they talked about how, how great Sailor and Beal and Lunsford Shinkman and Jake Hunter and Brat and Spivey have been, and we literally touched them all up. We had, we had four runs on Garrett Saylor, one run on Danny Beal, one run on Lunsford Shinkman, three runs on Jake Hunter and just one third of an inning pitched. Brat was able to retire us, but gave up two hits. And then Carter Spivey, who is their shutdown uh, guy out of the pen, and as you mentioned, has started a good amount of games for them this season. He gave up three hits and three runs, or four hits and three runs. So they threw out some of their guys. Obviously, you're not going to start your Friday night guy or put him out there uh, for a midweek. But other than that, all of their top arms, we were able to face and get to. And it all started by setting the tone against Garrett Saylor in that game against ECU. So let's transition into the weekend. K 
Campbell entered the weekend, had a lot of momentum. Uh, they faced off against USC Upstate in game one. Campbell lost that game nine to four. Dylan, what did you see against the Spartans on Thursday? Uh, it, I'm just glad Cade's come back. Um, I know his mom is a part of our Discord chat, so uh, go join the Discord chat. Um, she's a great character. Um, she gets it along with uh, along with us, and I love it. Um, so yeah, he he's been dealing with some stuff. Um, just trying to get healthy, and glad to see Cade back healthy. Um, I think this was big for us. We kind of were concerned about what his timetable was. Uh, but yeah, his boss is healthy, ready to go. And it honestly showed, um, I think, like you said, he was on that pitch, pitch limit, um, which, which was fine. I, that's something you want to see um, for a guy coming back, missing, I think about three weeks in total. Um, yeah. Hasn't picked up a ball in probably three weeks. Um so, I mean, four innings, one hit, one run. Uh, the five walks are obviously uncharacteristic for him, but first start back against your um, second team in the conference, not in, 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 and also on the road, not easy as well. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty good for him. And then two strikeouts, obviously uncharacteristic for uh, Mr. Kuehler. Uh, but, uh, again, First start back, um, glad to see that he's coming back before the tournament. We're going to need him in the tournament. Um, and I think um, Coach Hare's correct decision to get him back out there, um, get him throwing the ball at least once to see what he looks like before the tournament. And then obviously Jackson Roberts um, eating innings, um, unfortunately gave up um, two runs. And then Ty Cummings, uh, unfortunately, taking – the loss um, for us, it was just kind of one of those things where um, they were on the offense uh, kind of after KQ or left. Um, once Cade left, they were on the offense. Um, I mean, they couldn't touch Cade. I mean, they only did it for uh, one run, which was, I mean, a, a wild pitch. So couldn't touch him after that. Um Again, Lawson Harrell doing Lawson Harrell things. Uh, two home runs, um, which he ended up finishing the season at 21, which is uh, spectacular. Um, all the guy does is hit bombs. And then the eighth inning, it just got away from us, um, turned into USC Upstate's favor, and we just couldn't come back, unfortunately. Yeah, Cade pitched great to start the game. Obviously, you come back from three weeks off, and you're going to be a little rusty with those five walks. But he did only allow one earned run uh, through four innings of work. And he gave up a double, I believe, and then the guy advanced over to third and then scored on a wild pitch. Uh, then you had Jackson Robertson. That's where we just get into, are we extending guys a little too long. I know that it was short rest, um, but you do have some other options there. And then after that, it kind of gets away from you. But you look at Ty. He gave up five runs, but zero of those runs were earned. So you're going back to, hey, can we just make a play and get out of this inning and then it doesn't matter? You know, field a ground ball and 
Yeah, I think we kind of said it all year. It's been it's been the defense. The defense has been a little suspect at times. I think this has been the kryptonite in terms of this team. The defense has just not been there for for these pitchers. I mean, to, for Ty Cummings to give up five runs all unearned, that I mean, that's not saving saving your guy. I mean, that's just it. it I I feel bad for Ty Cummings that it has to he gets hooked with five runs all unearned, um, but I think it's like you like we said all year uh, amongst the chat. It, it the defense has been a little suspect, um, and it, that has to clear up in terms of when we get to a, a regional time because we can't be we can't be giving up five runs unearned to a South Carolina and expect to uh, come back that that's not the, you, you can't do that to a team like South Carolina or a team like West Virginia, where they're going to grab a guy from the bullpen, shut down the game. And we're looking at ourselves saying, we're just the defense is shoddy. We could have made this a one-to-one game and now it's turned into a six to one game. And then obviously the the pitching, kind of the pitching management, we've had questions on in terms of um, like a Jackson Roberts, why is he going three innings after going multiple innings against ECU? Um, but like I said earlier, I'm not one of the coaches. So um, obviously Coach Hare and the team had, had a plan coming in. And then obviously you get into your plan A, plan B, plan C, all the way down to Z. Um and you don't know where that's going to take you. Um, hats off to him for going three and a third um, in between Cade and getting into Ty Cummings. But uh, I think if we didn't have the defense, you take the whole eighth inning away and it's four to one. Then it should have stayed like that. All right. I mean, you have a, the home run, eh, so it makes it four to three. Um, but everything outside of that was an error. It, Error, error, error. I mean, shouldn't have been. You, you can't do that. You when we get to regionals, you can't be doing stuff like that. Yeah, you look at the final line, and Campbell gave up nine runs, but they only surrendered three earned runs. So you know, you get one out there for tie, and none of those happen, and then you're looking at a four-three ball game, and that's. That's totally different heading into the ninth as opposed to being down by five runs. So once again, you know, just some kinks that you have to work out. And, you know, it's, you would think, you know, you can't really blame the coaching staff for like running a guy too long or something whenever you would trust your team normally to field a ground ball or something like that. So it's something they have to tighten up a little bit and. You know, you have a couple days heading into the tournament. Maybe you just go back to the basics and practice and let's just get some normal in and out in and just work on some stuff. It's a long season and it can come here and there. But as we move into the time of the year that really matters, you can't run one of your star relievers out there and allow him to give up five runs when the inning should have been over. And obviously they hit that grand slam. Not ideal, but it is what it is. Just clean up some things and then move forward from there. 
Let's move on to Friday. I keep wanting to say Saturday. Yeah, this but. this whole schedule kind of kind of messed me up. I understand it. I mean, they want to give people extra rest in terms of uh, before tournaments because uh, I think the the big five start tournaments on Tuesday. Yeah, which is awesome to be able to turn on. And it's like I think the American Conference starts on Tuesday at like nine a.m. So if you want to watch hey, that, baseball this week. more baseball for for us baseball loving fans, there is going to be non-stop baseball from the American all the way to the Pac-12. So I hope you got your rest before before this happened because you will be getting none of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to Friday's game where Campbell dropped the game 6-5 to five in 10 innings. Upstate was able to jump out to an early 3-0 lead. Uh, before Campbell came back and took the lead, they led five to three in the seventh. Um, and then Upstate was able to come back and tie it in the eighth. And then they went back and forth before eventually Upstate was able to walk it off with an infield single in the bottom of the tenth. What did you think about Saturday? And it's honestly, it seems to be another situation where you block a couple balls behind the plate or make some plays in the field and you're not even talking about this, but yeah, kind of rinse and rinse and repeat again. I mean, it's three errors again. Like you take the errors aside, what this is a five, three, five, five, four game. Um, like errors just killing us once again. Um, and think, like you said, um, I hope, the coaching staff is taking infield and outfield and, and anybody who could play those positions and just drilling ground balls for like six hours um, or something and <laughs> double plays work on double plays, working on catching, like just back to the basics, like the stuff that you're probably not like, I wouldn't say not doing, but the stuff that you're, you're doing more advanced stuff during the, during the season. Um, but stuff that like, might get missed um, that you would hope your team um, would know, but sometimes we have to go back and, and get back to those basics. So um, again, rinse and repeat. Um, And I think uh, this one or the next one uh, ended up breaking the record for hit, hit by pitches, uh, uh, which we are known for. Yeah, they tied the record on Thursday night for hit-by-pitches, and then I think it was in the first or second inning on Saturday they broke the record. Um, So Campbell now has – let me switch over to my spreadsheet. Campbell now has 137 hit-by-pitches on the year. Uh, That breaks the previous record set in 2011 of 133. And obviously you would think Campbell would get plunked by a couple more pitches before the year's over, so you expect that number – to go up. Also looking at some records that were broken over the weekend for the team as a whole. Campbell now has 480 RBIs on the season. That breaks last year record, last year's record of 473 with a few more games to go. And then runs scored. Campbell has now scored 537 runs on the year. That is 14 more thus far than last season's record of 523. Also, one thing to note is Campbell is six home runs away from tying last year's home run record of 118. 
And then on the individual side, you have Jared Belvin, who is only two runs shy of the most runs scored in a single season. That was set back in 1985. Lawson Harrell, over the weekend, he became the first Campbell uh, player to hit 21 home runs uh, since the 1985 season. John Posey holds that record. He has 26 total home runs in a season, so that is still within his reach. Also, John Posey hit the most home runs in single-season school history in 1985 with 75, and Lawson Harrell is 11 RBIs back from that. Drake Pearson, who is battling an injury and we didn't see in the final two games of the season, talking about hit-by-pitches, he is 12 behind the record set in 2011. And then Tyler Halstead uh, is just 25 base hits shy of tying the record for most base hits in a season. So you would assume over the final five to eight games that he'll be able to, to reach that mark. So impressive numbers, obviously for the offense across the board, but it just comes back to making a few plays here and there. And then you're out of some jams and you're not really talking about this, but anyway, Saturday or Friday was a lot closer. Um, upstate was able to edge it out, but let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about the crazy game that was on Saturday where Campbell claimed their fifth straight Big South regular season title with a 12 to nine win in 12 innings. Dylan, it was crazy, but what did you see for the championship clinching game from the Camels? Um, it, I mean, offense kind of saved the day on that one and some great pitching. Um, unfortunately, Chance got uh, roughed up a bit, two innings, six, eight, six turn. Uh, I think their Campbell started Lloyd on Friday. Um, so, obviously, that kind of messed up the rotation. Uh, but expect better from him. But uh, it, it's kind of one of those things as well. He's kind of – I think he, this is his second start back um, from what he was dealing with. So, uh, not – good for him as we head into regionals as we need that number two guy. Um, so we can get to the, uh, or conference championship, excuse me. Yeah. We need that number two guy. Uh, so we can get to a championship final. Um, saw some guys that we never usually see, um, Brendan Wright and Garrett Kangas, um, going out there, um, and kind of being, those guys is kind of one of those, like I said earlier, it's like coach here pointing at somebody and saying, Hey, you're up. Um, Cause we're kind of down to the wits end in terms of the bullpen. Um, are you doing a great job? And then Jackson Roberts, um, another three and a third um, just been clutch um, this week. I, if I had an MVP for this week, I'd give it to him uh, with a, Cameron O'Brien, four innings, probably the clutchest four innings that you're you're gonna get. Um, four innings, two hits, no no runs, and then four strikeouts, and then Ty Cummings coming back, um, redeeming himself from from Thursday, uh, getting the save. Um, as we are wearing orange, and like I said or, earlier, when we wear orange, we win ship championships, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you look at the bullpen and it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier is you just make some plays and you don't really have to worry about this bullpen because they are really good. Even when you get towards the end and you're having to shift some people around, 
But Upstate scored five runs in the first, one run in the second, and then two runs in the third to take an eight to score eight runs total across those opening three innings. But then after that, inning four, no runs, five, no runs, six, no runs, seven, no runs, eight, one run, nine, zero, ten, no runs, eleven, no runs, twelve, no runs. So over the final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine innings, which is a complete game in a normal day that you're playing baseball. Campbell allowed just one run. So this bullpen comes together. Jackson Roberts, he pitched earlier in the, in the weekend as well. I mean, he comes in, like you said, and was great. Tosses 3.1 innings, allows just that one run, but over three and a third, you know, one run, that, that's pretty good. Then Cameron O'Brien tosses the four. Scoreless innings, allowing just two hits and two walks while striking out four. And then Ty comes in and gets the save in the bottom of the 12th. So a great, great outing from the bullpen. Obviously, it took us a little while to fight back and even tie it up. We didn't tie it up until the eighth. But, you know, your bullpen is even after you tie it up. I mean, they're scoreless throughout the rest of the game. So then all you have to do is just push them across and. That's what they were finally able to do in the 12th inning. Jared Belvin back again. He hits a home run to lead off that inning. And then Max Weller hit the single to right field to drive in a pair of runs. Uh, the runners on second and third. So overall, a, a good outing. I mean, it's upstate's just a good team. They jumped out. Well, after Campbell jumped out to a three run lead and Bryce Arnold hit that inside the park, uh, two run home run, which is definitely something you don't see every day unless you're playing in the backyard somewhere uh you know at that point Campbell's leading three to three to nothing at the end of the top of the first and everybody was talking like yeah this is great awesome and then I had to just I went and shot photos at the softball championship on or softball regional yesterday and by the time I got in my car and looked at the score they had already retaken the lead so you know, not the best outing for uh, Chance as he comes back, but he'll find his groove. As it's all, like you mentioned, only his second outing back since missing a couple weeks earlier in the season. So, all in all, Campbell is the Big South champion. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts on Campbell and their fifth straight Big South title? Yeah, I mean, just good team. Uh, also want to uh, give a quick shout out. Um, I think Coach Harris' dad uh, unfortunately had a, a terrible accident after the game. Um, as we learned from my uh, Cade's mom, uh, had to be rushed to an ambulance. Uh, looks like he's got some uh, torn ligaments. Uh, so from the pod, we're thinking about him. Uh, I think uh, Coach Hare um, and the crew are getting him back to Ohio. Um, so not, not good to see. Um, but we're thinking about, we're thinking about you and hope, uh, for a speedy recovery there. Uh, but to, to the actual team, uh, gritty, gritty performance as always. Um, we could put aside that we just needed one win to, uh, clinch the title. Uh, but I think we need the weekend like this where it was kind of our backs against the wall. Um, where we, I mean, we could be a two seed in our own, in our own conference tournament and probably have a higher ranking than all four of the teams, which would have been sad to see. Um, and again, thrill for the dramatics, uh, doesn't start well, but all you need is to finish well. Um, 
and a lot of guys in a lot of different places. Uh, Dalen Thompson playing first, uh, which is not his normal position, uh, but he did well. Uh, and again, Max Weller, um, four hits, seven at bats. It's just um, just crazy. Um, what a guy. Um, and then Jared Belbin, four hits, seven at bats as well, um, with a, another homer. Um, and then Bryce Hartold hanging the inside the park homer, which was, uh, really funny to see and very unfortunate for UFC upstate. But, uh, uh, we make dreams in the backyard happen here in real life. Yeah. So just, uh, Overall, all in all, a little frustrating, but a great week for the Camels as they sweep the season series against ECU and then are able to clinch their fifth straight Big South title on Saturday. Campbell heads to the Big South tournament as the number one seed. That action begins on Thursday at one o'clock, followed by the rest of the games in the double elimination format tournament with the Big South championship title game on Saturday at 12 o'clock on ESPNU. So if you can make it out to High Point, it looks like it's an awesome facility. I haven't been out there, but from the pictures, it looks great. There's a lot of stuff to do right around the ballpark as well. I think I might make a trip up there on Friday and enjoy some baseball, and hopefully uh, Campbell will be playing in that uh, winter game on Saturday that would start. At three o'clock, Dylan, let's shift over to softball. Campbell went one and two on the weekend at the NCAA regional in Durham. And the first game, Campbell lost to Charlotte seven to two. Just couldn't really get it going in game two. I was there. They just got out to a hot start and were able to win seven to one before falling in the elimination game to Charlotte six to four on Saturday. Dylan, what were your thoughts on the weekend for Campbell and the NCAA regional? Uh, it's like you said, that first game, they just kind of got out to a lead and, um, we kind of answered the bell. Um, and then they just kind of took it from there. Um, Charlotte, good team as always. Um, Kale Howard coming in, um, after Isabel Smith, uh, got the short leash, um, four good innings. Um, it was kind of one of those things where they got out to a hot start and then they took out their aggression against George Mason. Uh, Isabel Smith coming back five good innings of a uh, three hit one run ball. Um, and we just kind of took the offense, um, two triples in the first inning, uh, Claudia shorty Ware um, with a Homer in the second, um, we just kind of eliminated George Mason from there. Uh, they really didn't have anything for us. Um, and then that Charlotte game, um, I think we jumped out to, jumped out to the lead in the first. Uh, and then Charlotte kind of crept back into the game, uh, tied it up. Um, and then they just sealed it, uh, which sent us packing, um, from the tournament. All in all, gritty performance uh, from the staff. Uh, regionals are always hard. Um, UNC Charlotte is definitely a hard team to play against, um, especially when they when they jump out to jump out to leads. And um, I, I had to give it to the girls; they came back, made it a game. But uh, it was just kind of 
to Charlotte in the sixth um, inning. It's kind of all she wrote from there. Yeah, overall, just a fun weekend for the ladies. Obviously, you hope to win, but, you know, Duke breezed through their first two games, and they're actually playing right now, I believe. So, you know, it's it's hard to win those regionals. We've talked about it on the baseball side, and hopefully Campbell can break through uh, this year on base on the baseball side. But, you know, it's, it's just a launching pad. You kind of have to develop your way there. You know, you just don't wake up one season and it's like, Hey, we're going to go win an NCAA regional because that's hard to do. But with three straight big South uh, titles, three straight uh, postseason appearances in the NCAA tournament for Campbell, you have to think they're on the up and up as they move to the Colonial Athletic Association. And that'll be another challenge for the Camels. But as we saw this year, uh, head coach trainer Prater just came in and established her culture and continued the winning ways for the ladies. I will say that um, Tyra Parker in left field, she is very fast and very athletic. I was there yesterday. She fouled off nine, or the one of the at-bats went to nine, nine pitches, and then in the tenth pitch, she just like lined a triple to the wall and got there in a flash. And then towards the end of that George Mason game, it looked like the George Mason player just absolutely smoked smoked it off the bat, and she makes an over-the-shoulder catch and crashed into the wall. I think NCAA softball tweeted it out, as well as uh, ESPNW, which is kind of the ESPN account that covers a lot of action in women's sports. So that was pretty awesome to see that. So across the board, you look at this year, Campbell Athletics and Campbell as a whole has just gotten a lot of national exposure, uh, which makes a big difference with Tyra Parker be, being the latest one to add to that action as well. So softball, that's three straight uh, NCAA appearances and they end the season. Um, obviously you, you want to win, but at the end of the day, only one team in the country is going to end their season with a win. So you take it what it is. They end their season with a, as my internet loads. They end their season with a 42 and 18 overall record, 15 and five in conference play, uh, 28 and four at home, which is amazing. Six and seven on the road and eight and seven in neutral site games. So some big wins throughout the season. Um, for the Camels, obviously they took down some big time name schools with wins over NC State. Um, as well as some others. So some big power five wins as well as another conference championship for the ladies. Uh, Dylan, as we wrap up, what are your predictions for the week? We'll go like overall and then maybe a prediction for an individual on the team. Uh, yeah. Um, so for predicting the baseball, um, obviously, uh, we're going to win a conference title. Uh, I might end up on all Texas buzz, but uh, I'm going down with the team. If the team's going to go down, I'm going up with the team. We're going to end up winning a big South title. Um, we're going to lead the big South, um, raising that title once again. Um, and this being, um, the last sport that we will play big South conference in, uh, we would like to end it on a very high note. And, um, I'll just go ahead and make a, I don't know if we record this podcast before they do regional announcement, but uh, I'll go ahead and do a regional prediction while I'm on here too. 
um, for my sake of uh, driving and getting all the fans out to a uh, regional. I uh, hope we end up in South Carolina's regional. Uh, hopefully they'll be right around that 13, 14, 15 seed after their SEC tournament. Um, I, I feel like South Carolina matches up with, uh, or Campbell actually matches up with South Carolina really well and vice versa. Um, their, their ace, South Carolina's ace, Will Sanders, hasn't been the guy he was last year. Um, they have relied a, ro- a lot on Jack Mahoney, um, to be the, to be the ace. So, um, depends who else is also in this, uh, regional, um, it could be interesting if we see Mahoney or if they go to Will Sanders. Um, so I hope we end up in South Carolina's regional. If that is the case, um, I will be there ready to go. Um, and South Carolina is a really good team. Uh, they got Dill Brewer, uh, transfer from Clemson, um, Jack Mahoney, um, Will Sanders, of course, um, Ethan Petri, who's been the, probably the, he'll, most likely be the freshman of the year uh, in CWA wise. He'll more likely be the freshman of the year in terms of the SEC. He's been good. And then Gavin Casas, uh, Tristan Casas, first baseman for the Red Sox, uh, little brother has been balling out as well. Um, and the team's just good. Um, I, had to, I had to give it to him. And I, I think Campbell will match up really, really well and give South Carolina a run for the money. South Carolina has kind of been up and down. Obviously, SEC is not fun to uh, play in. Next week, you could be facing the number one team, or you could be facing the 20th ranked team, and you're probably not going to get an easy time unless you schedule somebody easy on the midweek. So uh, I think, just to recap, uh, we'll take that title and then hopefully make our way to a South Carolina regional. Yeah, and that would, if your wish was to come true, that would be a rematch of the 2014 NCAA regional where Campbell went down. Uh, they faced South Carolina in an opening game, lost before picking up their first ever NCAA postseason win on the baseball side with a four to one win over Old Dominion before eventually dropping that final game to South Carolina. So could it be the year that Campbell finally makes it out of a regional? We'll see. Um, but. First thing on deck will be Campbell in the Big South Conference Tournament this weekend. My prediction for the week, I think anything less than a Big South title is going to be disappointing. I think the guys can do it in the three games and just go in, knock it out, get it over with, and and be ready to move on to regional play. Uh, My other uh, more individual prediction is I'm going to go with a home run this week from Chandler Riley. He only has four on the season, but you know, you look up and down this lineup and there's a lot of pop, um, here, but Riley only has four on the season, but he's been, he's been hot of late last weekend. He had a, a great game and then, um, you know, had a pretty solid week this week as well. But you look across the board, you have Tyler, you have Lawson Harrell with. 21 home runs. Jared Belbin has 18. Bryce Arnold with 16. Drake Pearson has 14. Grant Nip has 11. So you have to go one, two, three, four, five guys before you even get someone who doesn't have double digit home runs. And right there on their tails is Logan Jordan with nine. So I'm going to, I'm going to predict that Chandler Riley jumps into the party 
and maybe Max Weller will continue his hot streak as well. So overall, an exciting time for Campbell baseball and Campbell softball as softball wrapped up their season this weekend at the NCAA Regional in Durham. And baseball prepares to head to the Big South Tournament as the one seed on Thursday. That first game begins at 1 o'clock. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we close this thing down? Oh, yeah, I forgot to make my individual prediction. Um, I'm going to go with Lawson Harrell uh, hitting two home runs, uh, getting close to that 26 mark. Uh, I'll, I'll say two or three, um, and hopefully in a regional, he will tie slash break the record. Um, so look for Lawson Harrell to be key uh, in this tournament. Uh, but I think it'll be great baseball. Obviously, uh, we did a number against Gardner Webb. Um, just like, um, it'd be right around 14, 15 days ago, uh, at Jim Perry, they did take the Sunday, but four, three, seven, zero, um, hope big things out of KQ or, um, if he goes against Gardner Webb, uh, we don't know the rotation, uh, as of now, but if it's Cade on Thursday, expect big things out of him. Um, if it's chance to run the other guys, uh, hope, hopefully we get off to a good start, uh, make it two wins, and someone's got to beat us twice, which is not going to be fun for any of the other teams. So expect big things out of pitching staff, and hopefully we can clear up the defense. Yeah, and the good thing is with finishing the game on Saturday for this past weekend, you do get a good little break for all those arms that did throw a lot this weekend to rest up, uh, get a bullpen in and just be ready to go for Thursday. Uh, Campbell would hope to just win three straight games and then you're not taxing a lot of arms, but it can get a little dicey um, for both sides once you get to Saturday and that championship game. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for all the teams in the tournament. But Campbell will open up against Gardner-Webb on Thursday at 1 o'clock. All those games on ESPN Plus uh, and the final on Saturday on ESPNU. So we'll wrap it up. As as always, thanks for tuning in and listening. Be sure to subscribe to Orange and Black online. Follow us on Twitter as we look for another Big South title and as Campbell looks forward to the NCAA Regionals for baseball. For Andrew Miller, I'm with Dylan Chanklin. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Go Camels. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it, and we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle. 